Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Oh, beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. <laughs> that was from Othello. Yes. Shakespeare. Yeah. And that happens to be where we're going with this episode. The Green Eyed Monster. Jealousy. Jealousy. Envy. Conversion. And how to get to conversion. Alright, so the goal of this episode is to address some of the most common issues in polyamory jealousy, envy, and acknowledge what the feelings are so we can learn how to manage them. These are definitely two things that come up all the time, whether you're new to poly or an old veteran who's been doing it for decades. This issue of jealousy and envy uh, doesn't go away. One of the other things that we're going to do is we're going to talk about the differences between what jealousy and envy is um, and then the association of these feelings and so on and so forth. This episode, what we want to try to do is preload the episode with a couple terms or descriptions of words so that as we move through the episode, you as a listener can understand the word and the term which, with which we're using. Right. We're not coming at this thinking that, oh, you're an old pro and you don't understand these basic terms. It's more that let's just refresh ourselves on what each of these mean. Or if you're new and we say something like metamor and you're like, wait, what does that mean? Right. So we'll start out with the first one. It's the obvious one. And it is jealousy, which is the resentment against a person enjoying success or advantage or against another success or advantage itself. Also, it can be known as vigilance in maintaining or guarding something. Whereas envy is a feeling of discontent with regard to another's advantages, successes, possessions, etc. Right. And then so the third word that we figured that we would cover this episode is compersion. Probably one, if you're not fully immersed in the poly world, you don't even know what that means. So compersion is the feeling of joy one has experiencing another's joy, such as in witnessing a toddler's joy and feeling that in response, or the feeling of joy associated with seeing a loved one love another. My happiness comes from your happiness. Right. So here we are, right at the top of the episode, and we are already thinking some negative thoughts. Do you, Bella, have maybe a jealousy story you can share or some experiences that you'd care to talk about? <laughs> no, never, never yeah, experienced right. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely think a lot of mine tends to come from not wanting to lose something I have. So if we were to look at both jealousy and envy's definitions and we were to break it down into something simpler, jealousy is more the fear of losing something that I have, whereas envy is more wanting something that another has and I don't. Okay. 
So I definitely have fear of losing something that I have, like in the relationship world, you know, fear of losing my partner, someone else coming in and going on dates or staying over, taking up more of my partner's time. And I feel like I'm going to lose what I have to this new person. Okay. I've also felt the envious side where maybe you and a date go to a certain restaurant or go to an arcade or go to a place where I'm like, Oh, I want that experience. I don't have that experience and I want it. And I'm really envious that she gets to go have that when I don't have it. Okay. So you've I've derailed us a little bit already. <laughs> so if you want to take a second and get us back on track, I will be quiet long enough for you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. Not too worried about it. We can mix and match some things. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Mm. I really don't have an accent. I, like, I can't pretend I have an accent. I don't know. I fail miserably at that. Oh, you're doing good. <laughs> Are you going into your Irish accent? I'll do whatever accent I want. Okay, Batman. <laughs> all right so jealousy and envy what are they basically they're feelings i mean they cause a physical reaction in our body when when we're feeling that possessiveness or that fear of losing something uh for me jealousy tends to feel more like an anxiety uh, i get really stressed out my tummy starts to hurt i sweat i get jittery it, jealousy almost feels like an anxiety for me which really comes ultimately from fear whereas when i'm feeling envious of something like in the example where you're taking a date somewhere that maybe i wanted to go and i'm really envious of that experience for me that comes from a sad place Oh, like I'm, I'm really bummed that like she gets to do this and I don't. Right. Uh, and then, you know, that ends up feeling more like a pit in my stomach type of feeling. Okay. So jealousy and envy are feelings, they're physical sensations that we feel in our body. Basically what they're coming from is from a thought that we're having. So I want to cover this idea i do a lot of thought work and i kind of if you talk to me in the real life outside of the podcast world the real life life, you'll hear me talk about this all the time we need to get control of our thoughts and our brains to control our feelings and our emotions so if you think of it this way our thoughts about an outside circumstance are what causes our feelings feelings are just that physical sensation in the body and because of a feeling it then causes our action. Okay. So let's say I'm feeling envy, right? I'm feeling sad because you took a date to a place I wanted to go. Right. <laughs> Righto. So I'm feeling my thought when you take this date out is he likes her more because he remembered that she wanted to check this place out and he didn't remember that I wanted to check it out. So he must like her more. I feel crikey. I feel like you're drawing from experience from what we've had before. (laughs) Yes, this has come up in the past (laughs) once or twice for us. (laughs) I don't know when we went to Australia, but yes. (laughs) We didn't. 
I went with someone else. Oh, and no. And you got all upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I would be so mad. Oh, my gosh. That would be terrible. You left me behind. So... Wait, so it's not leaving you behind, though. <laughs> It's not leaving you behind, though. It's me experiencing that with someone else. If I'm to try to use my own thought process here, Mm -hmm. you're saying that a feeling is a sensation created by your thoughts Mm -hmm. of something that's happening. Right. Some random outside neutral circumstance. So this thing is going to happen regardless of what you're feeling. So if you go out to Australia (laughs) with a person and leave me in America, Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, that's going to happen anyway. You're going out to Australia. I hope that happens. That's fantastic. Right. You're going to go to Australia with this person regardless of whether I exist or not. Right. I witness this or I'm experiencing this. So I have this thought she's going to Australia. I have other thoughts. She's going to Australia with this person. I have another thought. She's going to Australia with this person and not me. Mm-hmm. So my body reacts. How, do, how does it react? Like out of a sense, it, it has sensations based on feelings. Right. But your thoughts, right? Where did that lead? You had very neutral thoughts in that example. This is happening. This is a fact. Take it to real life. What would you really think if I was going to another country with that bitch? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what is your actual thought behind it? My actual thought would be that you're going to go to Australia. You're going to have a great time. You're going to chase dingoes. (laughs) You're going to have boxing matches with kangaroos. And I want to do those things. And I don't get to. And I'm feeling left out. And the fact that someone else is taking you and doing something so extravagant, I might think, oh, this person's a better partner for her. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Or she's going to go and have a great time. And this person is going to look freaking phenomenal. And I'm going to be that one dude back at home who never took her to Australia. Or maybe he's... He's going to take her away. He's playing that, like, sugar daddy type role. <gasps> oh, no. I'll fight. Like, what if he pays for this whole trip? And Well, he better because I'm not going to. <laughs> and then your thought becomes, she might be better off because he's financially more stable. You know, your internal dialogue right. that's playing on all your fears with it. Right. So it comes from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But those thoughts that you have cause a physical sensation, and that's your feeling. Right. So that physical sensation could be like the pit in the stomach or the warming of the cheeks or the tears forming in your eyes. Fear and anger. Yeah. All right. Those physical sensations and feelings that you have then cause you to do an action. Okay. Right? So you start feeling that, your your brain is going. What's an action you might take if you start feeling that fear and anger? Right. Okay. So so I had a thought, a couple of thoughts that led me to some feelings. Mm-hmm. I had some sensations. Now I want to take an action. Walk me through a little bit of this. Help me out here. So if you start feeling that, um, you know, all that flush, that anger, that heat, that kind of a thing, an action that you might take would be blowing up my phone. Okay. Sending me a ton of messages while I'm overseas, having a good old time. Your feelings and sensations are causing you to do something. 
Maybe you hop a plane and you show up in Australia and make a big scene. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I couldn't. Right, right. But you blow up my phone, leave me a bunch of voicemails, angry, upset that I'm not checking in, maybe when I need to be checking in. Okay. Those types of actions, those feelings that you were having based on your thoughts, based on the circumstance that I left the country with someone uh-huh. else, is now causing this bad action to happen. Right. I, I probably wouldn't do some of those things. I'd be, yeah. But I get where we're Yeah, going just as an this. example. I'm okay. not going to Australia either, which would be phenomenal. <laughs> but I'm not. I mean, if one of the listeners out there want to take them, <laughs> help us with a social experiment here, <laughs> take Bella to Australia and let's see how I act. I mean... I mean, we'll never know until we try. Right, right. I swear, if you go there and you fight a kangaroo without me, I'll be so mad. Like, fighting around the world. I, like, kangaroos with the boxing gloves on and the kicking. Right, right. I want a tail that I can prop back on so that I can do some great kicks at people. <laughs> So for me, uh, throughout all of my research and studies have suggested that there are five universal feelings across cultures, anthropologically speaking. Okay, so if you think of these five categories as different buckets of feelings, you've got fear, happiness, anger, shame, and sadness. So something like anxiety, which might be what you're feeling off of jealousy, anxiety is kind of like a sub- feeling of fear you're afraid of something so i think everything all the array of emotions that we can feel could be categorized down into these five buckets okay from there i think envy feels more like sadness which i think i mentioned earlier to me the envy isn't a heated heart racing sweating type of feeling to me the envy where i don't have it but i want what someone else has Uh that one's more of like a oh Right. I'm bummed. Okay, so now if jealousy is a fear, I'll be losing something or it'll be taken from me, and envy is wanting what another has, both of these come up because you believe you will be happier with the thing or person or experience than you would be without it. Okay. Okay, so I'm afraid of losing you to this person because I believe I'll be happier in life with you than I would without you. Oh. Well, I know. So sweet. Oh, dear. Or we are envious of that Australia trip because we believe we'd be happier if we could go to Australia. And fight kangaroos. Yes. <laughs> so you believe you'd be happier with the thing, person, or experience than you would be without it. But if you remember that your thoughts create your feelings, what you have, who you're with, or what you own don't matter because you control your thoughts. Okay. So. So if, uh, here's an example. Okay. Okay. Um, another girl comes up to me, or a girl, doesn't matter. Another human being comes up to me. Oh my God, I love your hair. It's so amazing. I want to do my hair just like you. I don't feel jealous that they're going to take away what I have because they can't physically take my hair. They can, there is no possibility of them to, I mean, sure, I suppose they could come shave my head in the middle of the night, right, but then right, they're not going to glue it onto their head and then it's not going to look the same. <laughs> they really cannot, there's, I can guarantee that they're not taking my hair. That might be pretty hot. <laughs> so there's certain things you have to 
feel like you can lose something in order to feel the jealousy. Right. Okay. So this takes me into like, so how do you, how do you stop these negative feelings? First, I want, we need to understand that there are three levels of why jealousy and envy make us so frantic. What is it that we're losing control of that kind of makes us wander around with a chicken with our head cut off, just so frantically afraid of these things? Wait. Did you say wander around with a chicken with our head cut Like a chicken. Did I say with it? You might have. Like you're running around you're with a chicken, a chicken without a head. <laughs> and it's trying to flap around and run around. Okay, let me go ahead. No, no, that's really good imagery. I like that picture. Oh, um, no. So the three levels for why they make us so frantic. We believe we need something external to feel okay. All right. We can't guarantee keeping it. Like the hair, I can guarantee no one's taken my hair. Right. So to feel jealous, we can't guarantee it. And the third thing, if someone else gets it, then they're better than me. Oh. All right. Those combined cause us problems. There have definitely been times in my life where I don't feel so good about like where I'm at, whether it's financially or emotionally or whatever composite of my life I feel is struggling where one of my partners is interested in another partner or is dating another partner and because I am worried that that partner and it and it's not even the other partner that causes the jealousy I guess in a way because that other partner could be any person, place, or thing. But my fear, if I was to go there, would be that I can see plainly why I'm not good enough right now. I can see plainly I'm not making what I used to make, or I'm, you know, I don't look quite as hot as I wish I did look. You know, I look in the mirror and I'm not happy with myself. Mm -hmm. So because I can plainly see this, it would make sense that I would think that my partner sees this as well. But you see it through your lens. Right. And I see it through mine. Right. And that's where I'm going. So, mm -hmm. so if I'm, if I'm seeing what I see about myself that at that time, I'm not feeling great about, and then I see my partners with me, maybe with that weird paranoid until something better comes along. And the partner can see what I can see, obviously, because to me it's clear as day. So then the partner sees this, but is cool with me because, well, we're dating. And then this other partner comes into the mix, and suddenly that partner doesn't have the flaws that I see I, that, that I have. Mm -hmm. So that's where my fear comes from, where I'm like, wait a minute. This person's better than me in this sense, and that sense, and that sense. My partner is enamored with this person for good reason because they don't have these flaws that I have oh no now they don't need me so this is where the fear comes from right right and okay. this is where this is the exact scenario where you need to get in control of your own negative thoughts that other person or your partner haven't done anything to show that your partner wants you less right this is all the narrative that you're making up in your head based on your own lens and your own self-worth and doubt and all these negative thoughts that you're having. Yeah. And then you end up projecting that onto your partner when your partner's like, but I don't think you're 
unattractive. And I don't need you to be rich. We have lots of adventure making do with what we've got. Right, right. Okay, so let me take that to how to how to fix those negative thoughts or okay. how to start. This isn't Good. a process that you can change overnight. Thought work and changing from a negative thought to a positive thought is not easy. And that's okay. It's why most people don't or won't or can't change their thoughts. Uh, it's We're programmed to think a certain way. If you go all the way back to survival days, we think a certain way for a reason. So changing that after lots and lots of programming is difficult. But that's where personal, personal, growth, <laughs> personal growth comes from. We learn to get through the challenges, and if you work on it, it's still progress. Even if you go step by step, little by little, you're still moving forward. You're getting better. Right. So step one to changing that negative feeling or emotion. Step one is figuring out the thought that's causing it. Okay. Okay, so if your negative emotion is, or your negative feeling is, she, let's say, uh, I'm unlovable. Okay. Right? I'm unlovable. She, Which is obviously not true because you're so lovable. No. no. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so if I'm putting it in my point of view, right? You've got a new partner. She's skinnier and, like you were saying, skinnier, more money, more freedom, successful in whatever ways I'm doubting myself. Mm-hmm. She's got it better. Right. So clearly I'm unlovable, obviously. Right. <laughs> but that's the thought that's in my head yeah. that's creating the uh, fear or jealousy that he's going to leave me. Okay. He's going to leave me for her because I'm unlovable. So figure out what your thought is about it. Okay. Okay. So if you can't figure out what you're experiencing, let it swim around in your brain for a bit. Okay. So think on it, stew on it. It's okay to turn off the electronics and process process it and and look at it from different angles. And man, I'm really afraid he's going to leave me for her. Well, why am I afraid of that? Like, is it an insecurity? Is it um, a body issue for me that I'm having? Is it what's going on? And sit with it. It's okay. Uh, Try out new thoughts and see if you can think different things around that topic. But if you can get a clear picture of what it is, you can figure out what the thought is that's causing your negative emotion of jealousy or envy. Okay. Does that all make sense so far? Yeah, it does. Okay, so once you know the thought, the thoughts, I'm unlovable, there's something wrong with me, uh, or whatever your thought is, changing the external circumstance, so getting rid of this girl. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna drive a wedge between them, and if I can get rid of her change that external circumstance, then clearly it's going to, I'm going to feel better. Everything's fine. But changing that circumstance don't actually changes the feeling because your thought is the same. So somebody new is going to come along. I'm still going to feel jealous because I'm still having the thought of I'm unlovable and something's wrong with me. So here's what I suggest. Go people watching. Start with this. Go people watching. Go to the mall or go to a park or like downtown Portland, go to Pioneer Square and just practice looking at people that you think are, quote, better than you. And then as you watch them and you think they're better than you and they're skinnier and hotter and sexier or whatever, find a neutral phrase such as all beings suffer. Okay? Remind that yourself. That doesn't sound very neutral. <laughs> You're you fine. did say all beings suffer, right? It's, it's a true phrase, right? So, like, I had this thought in my head. <laughs> 
that that you're sitting there at Pioneer Square down in Portland, and you got people in business suits or dresses or mm-hmm. whatever walking by doing their thing. So, and you're sitting there and you're watching them and you're thinking they're better. Why are they better? And then you have this thought, all beings suffer. <laughs> I mean, my internal monologue. Life is sad. torment. <laughs> Not, you will oh all my goodness. die. Oh my goodness. But as a true statement, all beings suffer. Right. Everyone has problems. Right. No matter how perfect they appear, everybody struggles. You have no idea what internal battle she's going through. It could be a supermodel walking down the street. Has Beyonce been cheated on? Like, people we find to be perfect have problems too. Okay. Right? So if you don't like all beings suffer, no, I love it. I think find it's another phrase that reminds you that everyone's got problems. How about that one? For the people that don't want to sit there <laughs> with uh, the flaming fire of hatred, maybe just say everyone's got problems. Right. Okay. So practice. And then that. I'll be in there on the other side <laughs> with crows. On on wires near me and, and okay. uh, spiders coming out oh from nowhere. All I picture is Stephen King's The Stand, with like this long road and the crows. I only I watched the miniseries. I was little and I watched it with my dad on TV. I was thinking of like any black metal album cover <laughs> oh my ever. Okay, especially done by Immortal. <laughs> so if we can. Practice that first, right? And remind ourselves that everybody struggles. Then you want to work on changing your original negative thought to a neutral one. Okay, Okay. so my original thought is, I'm unlovable. Clearly, there's something wrong with me. Okay. I need to get to a place where I can say a positive thought, but that's too hard. We, We don't believe it. You have to be able to believe it. And in order to make that jump, you want to go one step at a time. So from I'm unlovable, there's something wrong with me, maybe I just go to I'm human and humans are loved. Okay. Okay, that's a fact. I'm human and it's true. Humans are loved. And you you practice that for a while. This might take a, a week, two weeks, a month of practicing these things and reminding yourself to think these things. It's practice. You have to do it all the time. This isn't going to change overnight. Once you've practiced that, I'm human and humans are loved. So I'm feeling jealous that you're taking someone out or envious that you're taking someone out. Or I'm feeling jealous that I'm going to lose you to this other person. I simply remind myself that I'm human and humans are loved. Then when I'm good with that and I believe that and I don't feel so negative about it, then you can take that and make that extra step to a believable thought. I am lovable. So you take someone out, instead of dwelling on and wallowing in the negative feelings, I can repeat to myself, I am lovable. Okay. Right? So those are your three steps. Identify the negative thought, change the negative thought into a neutral thought, practice understanding that everyone has struggles, and then take it from neutral to positive. But only take it to positive if you can believe the positive thought. Right. So get yourself in that point. So basically, you're going to spend a lot of time in Pioneer Square. Talking to yourself. Right. Yes. Be that guy talking to yourself. Okay. I'll do it. So the lots of lots of thought work goes into it, but those that's the basics that I would recommend if you're feeling these jealous and envious thoughts, start there. See, okay. see yeah. how that goes. 
I think that's pretty good. So we've worked through jealousy, and now, uh, so let's talk about the flip side of this coin with compersion. That's where we all want to get to. Right, so the compersion, as we remember from earlier in the episode, you know, four days ago. (laughs) Sorry! (laughs) It's okay. No, it was good. I think you did really good. (laughs) And I I really enjoyed that part. I I hope it it made sense. It did. It was fantastic. And I can't wait to get to Pioneer's part. (laughs) (laughs) All beings suffer. All beings suffer. Until they find compersion. Oh, I don't Uh... think I can say that. I'm going to suffer a little less today. (laughs) Okay, so we're jumping over to compersion, which is, I wouldn't say the opposite of jealousy, but it's the counterbalance in a way. Mm -hmm. So with Bella, there has been a time or two where you've experienced something super awesome. Mm -hmm. And while I was envious that you got to do a thing and I didn't, would listen to your story and I would would watch you and I would see the joy you got from it. And because part of what makes me happy in our relationship is when you're happy, I also felt joy even though I wasn't there. So that's kind of what conversion is. Mm -hmm. Do you have a conversion story you'd like to share? Oh, hey, what are you doing? What are you touching? touching (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do. Uh, the, one of the visits, one of the visits that Peaches was down, Okay. I think it was the night, this went to an arcade or something, right? Right. I think it was that night where I was super excited. You had been really stressed, lots going on here at home. You really needed a night out and you hadn't seen her in a while. I wasn't feeling good lately, like the week before, so we just really hadn't done anything. So that that particular time, I was really happy that she was here and you guys got to go out. I was happy because you were getting to let loose that night. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I was happy because you were happy. And, you know, Peaches is adorable and super sweet. And I it was Peaches super... Peaches is super sweet. Oh, and you guys went mini-golfing. So I took her to... There was a lot. Probably my favorite bar mm-hmm. in Portland, which is the Nerd Out. And I kept it a secret, and it was so good. Yeah, you seem to be pretty good at keeping secrets, I think. Oh, yeah. I kept a secret from him that she was included in. <laughs> <laughs> I took her to the Wonderland down the street first. The arcade. Some arcade. Mm-hmm. Then I took her to the Nerd Out. And then after that, because, you know, sitting in the bar for a couple hours isn't really flowing. Right. I took her downtown Portland and went to a glowing mini golf. Yeah. So that night, I really felt that conversion. I was happy for both of you. So conversion does happen. Yep. It's pretty exciting when it does. And it's not so easy to get to sometimes as much as it sounds great. So what we're going to do is maybe talk a little bit about how to recognize where you could find conversion and try to build towards that, right? Sounds good. So what made you personally in that moment feel like you were ready to be happy? If we're talking about your own internal thoughts, making your own internal feelings, Mm -hmm. your sensations, what was the line that was drawn from, oh, he's going to take her out to these places, and that's really exciting? Well, there wasn't the fear 
I didn't have a fear, like in the jealousy of losing you. Uh, I know that we do arcades and golf and bars, so it's not like this was some experience I'll never get to have. Okay. So that stuff was automatically out. I knew that it was something that would, gosh, I don't know, it just came natural that night. Okay. It was something that would make you happy. And I knew that in that moment, that week, was not feeling so hot, I wasn't going to be able to give you that. So I kind of come at compersion with maybe a little different mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that my mindset is slightly askew from people in general. But for me, taking your ego out of the scenario is a really great way of not personalizing. Like everything's not about me. Right. I don't always need to be involved for a good time to be had. I don't always need to be the center of attention. And yeah, we are going on record with me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> at what point in the episode I'm is this? I'm not telling. <laughs> You're going to have to at least do that much work. So taking the ego out is really important. Because when you're trying to imprint your own existence into someone else's experiences, then what you're doing is you're not allowing those experiences to fully uh, grow and flourish and bloom on their own. Mm -hmm. You are trying to imprint your existence into them and almost draw them into you. Like, they can only have fun if I'm involved. Right. So if you are able to say they should be able to do what they want to do and they should go have fun because that's going to happen anyway, whether I'm involved or not, I'll just take a step back. I won't make it about me. I'll let it happen. And as they're out doing things, I don't need to miss out on anything. I'm not going to lose anything. I guess all that jealousy and envy stuff you're talking about. Yeah. So I guess I originally had some ideas written down for exercises, almost like what you did with the jealousy. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I could even read some of those. But basically, once you take your ego out and you focus on something else, the main thing that I do when I may be struggling to find compersion, and I know that I should, is I remind myself I'm in a relationship with this person. When they're happy, I'm happy. Right. I don't always have to be the source of their happiness, but as long as they are happy, that brings me joy. Because I said I'd probably read some of the exercises, your exercises are way better than mine. (laughs) I mean, we don't have to. I I do want to ask you about something, but I don't know if you're ready for it. Oh, no. That sounds dangerous. I want to ask you the one word. What, that one? Yeah. So then I'll have to go through my exercises. Uh, Okay, so exercise one that I, when I'm sitting down and I'm trying to figure out when I'm actually struggling, because there are plenty of times where I have conversion without a second thought, like what you were saying with Peaches and I going out. Yeah. There are times where I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad for you. That's super cool. But there are definitely some times, probably when I'm feeling low, that I do struggle. And so for me, one exercise is to take my want out of the scenario, just like taking the ego out of the scenario, and pay attention to what makes my partner smile. When I pay attention to my partner's joy, I acknowledge my feelings when my partner is feeling that joy. So, for example, I just got invited to a Winterhawks hockey game. Right. 
you know that going to the sporting events is not necessarily your thing. Right. But I get I get really excited and happy and joyous watching these sports. And that's a perfect example. I was actually struggling to come up with something that would help. So that's really cool that you brought that up. So I was also invited to that game. Yep. I would probably rather not go because I'm not into sports ball. <laughs> Even if the sports ball is a flat disc. I don't know that I really want to go. Yeah. I know that you like sports ball stuff. And it's exciting when I know that you're interested in some sporty type thing and you're getting all up about it. That makes me happy because I love seeing you dance. I love seeing your smile. Your eyes light up. You're just, you're giddy. And that makes me happy. So in this scenario, I took myself out of this hockey game already. Like, I'm like, cool, whatever, do your thing. And then I'm paying attention to what makes you smile. The idea of doing sports ball stuff makes you smile. And then I'm going to pay attention to that joy and acknowledge my feelings when you're having that joy. But you're my partner, and I care about you, and I like seeing you happy. And when you're happy, I get that warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> right? So, yeah. so I'm trying to acknowledge and draw lines of actualization when it comes to that. Right. So then I'm creating this understanding that your joy is my joy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can have joy with or without you. But when you have joy, that brings me joy. It just adds to your... Right. Yeah. So then that leads into the exercise two kind of, which isn't... I, I, these aren't really exercises so much as just a change of thought process. Yeah. But when you see your partner's happiness and you associate that moment with the feelings you have with their happiness, actively revisit your emotions from your partner's happiness each time it happens. Don't just be like, she smiled, so I smiled, like... Pay real attention to it. Like, she's super happy. It makes me happy. And then just take, like, a checklist or an account. I'm smiling. I'm excited. I see her happy. I'm thinking great thoughts. I feel this. I feel that. Draw direct and active connections with your feelings and why you're having those feelings. Right. It's in relation to her joy. So then you do that. And it can be applied even when your partner is discussing a date or some good news you weren't involved with. Like, keep the association of your partner's joy and your feelings of happiness at their joy, even when the news doesn't involve you. Again, taking the ego all the way out of the scenario. So... I have to ask. What? Oh, oh, were you going to give another example, or can I ask? Well, I ask what this word means. All right, just ask what the word means. Well, he's got written down the word birds as a note. What does birds mean? That's the third part of this. Okay, what's what's birds? Birds. So when you want to try to figure out compersion, just think of birds. (laughs) That's it. Explain. (laughs) Okay, so for the record, I'm somewhat nihilistic. For those who don't know what nihilistic means? It's like everything sucks and nothing matters. (laughs) Everyone's going to die. Big deal. (laughs) But not. Right. So so when I'm having struggles and, and I'm having a difficult time doing the joy association thing and this is where this gets like big for me because 
when I can do the association mm-hmm. thing, I got it, right? But when I overthink and my brain starts to spin, and because I'm bipolar, it does that sometimes. Right. So when my brain starts to spin out of control, mm-hmm. and I can't do the association thing because my fears do get too hard to me, or my anger does to get too, too involved, then... I need to find another thing to get me to chill the fuck out. Right. And so I go to birds. Because, say you're going on a date with someone who I feel, in my lens, is far superior to me in every conceivable way. Right. And there is no doubt in hell that he's going to scoop you up and ride you off into the sunset, <laughs> and I'll never see you again. Right. And my brain just starts And you're going, set on it. Like, it's happening. Yeah. Like, in 23 minutes. <laughs> it's happening, right? <laughs> that was a Rocky reference. Yes. I knew you caught that. <laughs> so, we're just... My, my brain's going, my doubts are going, and, and I'm like... You know, and then once she's gone, like, the apocalypse is going to happen... <laughs> Um, everyone will turn against me. Other partners will be like, you know what? If she doesn't like you, I'm out too. Like, <laughs> like, and this isn't you specifically. Right. This could be peaches, or it could be another partner, or it could be whoever. Right. Once that overthinking engine goes into overdrive, right. there is no stopping that shit. Yep. But there is. <laughs> With birds. With birds. Okay. So, going back to the nihilistic things, and going to the birds. When a bird is ready to migrate, or even just fly around, <laughs> catch some little bugs, <laughs> they don't they don't sit on a branch and be like, "Oh man, what if I go to start flapping and all my feathers fall out?" What if I go to flap and I trip on an air current and face plant in the dirt? What if I go to flap and I get sucked into an airplane engine? Like, like they don't do that escalation. When right. you sit and you watch a bird, they're like, this branch is cool, but I don't want to be over there. And so they just start flapping their wings and they just do what they do. Mm-hmm. And they get where they want to go or they don't. But either way, they're not thinking too hard about it. A bird isn't going to overthink itself out of flying. They're just going to flap their wings and fly. Right. And if you want to flap your wings and fly, you can't talk yourself out of it. Right. So when I'm struggling, I think about the birds or deer or what have you. Animals, nature doesn't overthink itself. Like humans are so design for <laughs> failure I don't even know how we are where we are right. because with sentience comes doubt which animals don't have so when you're doing your thing with another person I could sit there and be overthinking the hell out of everything or I could just say look she's going to go out with this person she's going to have a good time or she's not That's that's it like, if they build a relationship, they build a relationship. If they don't, they don't. If that includes me in the future, it includes me in the future. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And when I say that, I mean, am I included in your life in the future? Right. Not like, oh, suddenly we're a triad. Right. right. Whatever. So basically, and then 
And then I allow my brain to overthink in that direction, to spin in that direction, where eventually, and this goes back to my nihilistic thing, where where it's like, it doesn't matter. People do what they're going to do. People live until they don't. We all live until we die. Nothing really matters. In three generations, no one's even going to remember my name. So nothing that's happening in this moment is such a big deal that planets are going to fly out of alignment and the universe is going to crash into whatever a universe will crash right. into. Right? It's no big deal. It's much easier to love and find joy. Right. We live until we don't. And when we're dead, whatever. But in that time, it's okay. Like, if you want to experience feelings or sensations, Mm -hmm. choose the ones you want to experience. Allow yourself to know that a broken relationship isn't death. Right. That, That it's just another step in your life. And as hard as that is sometimes... It's, it's what you need to do to get on. And and it's that kind of mindset, as, as negative as it may sound, it's that kind of mindset that's pulled me out of some of my own traps. Right. And then it's gotten you to a place where you can find the positive side, where you can find the joy. Absolutely. Because if you were stuck in that negative spiral of the world is ending... Right. You would never feel compersion. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly it. Okay, so basically what this boils down to is that if you're overthinking and overthinking, what you're doing is you're you're putting all your fears into a bucket or into a cycle and you're just repeating them over and over and over again until you get out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing it back. <laughs> but you're you're just letting all these get out of control. So instead of listening to your fears tumble and tumble and tumble and tumble, what you want to do is realize that none of these fears are going to kill you. None of these fears are going to destroy your life. None of these fears are going to kill your family. None of these fears are going to wipe out all of mankind. They're just kind of scary because you don't want to lose what you have. Jealousy. And if you can, if you can quit listening to them and focus on the other feelings that you have then you then you get the chance to focus on oh look at how much she's smiling look at how much she's really enjoyed her night I got to do some of my own things she came back and she's telling me all these great stories and it sounds like she had a great time and because I really care about Bella I'm really excited that she got to experience these things right and that's the compersion. Quit letting a dryer of negativity tumble through the background noise of your life. Right. So that's the birds. When when you're overthinking, just remember a bird doesn't overthink itself to not fly. I love it. I love the birds. It's way out of control. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that's part of why I love you. I hope so. <laughs> so. So basically what it boils down to is you're either in charge of your emotions or they're in charge of you. Yeah. So take control. Work on your thought process. In whatever way you need to. Yeah. Like, I don't think you would have gone to conversion in quite the same way that I do. No, not even close. So everyone does things differently. So we're not even telling you exactly how you need to do it. We're just giving you 
our, our opinions, just like any other human being would do. Right. However, sadly, just like your little compersion birds, <laughs> we've got to take flight and get out of here. So, but before we do, uh, I think we would like to give a shout out to Gabby. A monogamous listener from Vancouver who enjoys listening to this podcast. She does. She does. She finds us informative, relatable, and funny. And she looks forward to new weekly episodes. Yep, so thank you, Gabby. And (laughs) And like Gabby, you can subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. We would also love some ratings and reviews on iTunes. I don't think everybody understands how important those ratings and reviews are, not for us, but so other listeners can find us. It's easier for them if more if they're looking for help on these topics, like a polyamorous journey, for example, if people are rating and reviewing us. Right. They're on their own poly journey. We're on our own polyamorous yeah. journey. If we can all work together and grow together and learn to let, we got it. Yep. So you can also follow us on Twitter at PNW Poly. We are on Instagram and LinkedIn. Ha <laughs> <laughs> As Pacific Northwest Polyamory. And, of course, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pacific Northwest Polyamory. And you can always visit our website, PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. If you'd like to contact us directly, <laughs> you can email podcast at PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com about this or any other episode. So come back next week where we talk... <laughs> where we talk our poly off about coming out as poly to friends, family, work co-workers, and we discuss feeling polyamorous, but looking monogamous. I'm feeling polyamorous. I don't know what that is. But looking monogamous. Bum, bum. Yes. Oh, and I totally had something nice. I tracked myself. Yeah, I don't know. That was good. So we'll see you next week. Oh, I remember. This is like a double live episode. What? Yeah, because we went twice as long. We could have cut this episode in half. Yeah, but like I feel like the episode should be longer. Perfect. Welcome to the newer, more longer episodes <laughs> of Talk Your Poly Off. <laughs> now that you're here, good night. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And and love love without without limits. limits.